Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no help in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind, in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. Almighty God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who desireth not the death of a sinner, but rather that he may turn from his wickedness and live, hath given power and commandment to his ministers to declare and pronounce to his people, being penitent, the absolution and remission of their sins. He pardoneth and absolveth and unfeignedly believe his holy gospel. Wherefore, let us beseech him to grant us true repentance and his Holy Spirit, that those things may please him which we do at this present, and that the rest of our life hereafter may be pure and holy, so that at the last we may come to his eternal joy, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 11, page 354. In the Lord put I my trust. How say ye then to my soul that she should flee as a bird unto the hill? For lo, the ungodly bend their bow, and make ready their arrows within the quiver, that they may privily shoot at them which are true of heart. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord is in his holy temple, the Lord's seat is in heaven. His eyes consider the poor, and his eyelids try the children of men. The Lord approveth the righteous, but the ungodly and him that delighteth in wickedness doth his soul abhor. Upon the ungodly he shall rain snares, fire and brimstone, storm and tempest. This shall be their portion to drink. For the righteous Lord loveth righteousness. His countenance will behold the thing that is just. Help me, Lord, for there is not one godly man left, for the faithful are minished from among the children of men. They talk of vanity, every one with his neighbor. They do but flatter with their lips and dissemble in their double heart. The Lord shall root out all deceitful lips, and the tongue that speaketh proud things. 
which have said, with our tongue will we prevail. We are they that ought to speak, who is Lord over us. Now for the comfortless trouble's sake of the needy, and because of the deep sighing of the poor. I will up, saith the Lord, and will help every one from him that swelleth against him, and will set him at rest. The words of the Lord are pure words, even as the silver which from the earth is tried and purified seven times in the fire. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. The ungodly walk on every side, when they are exalted, the children of men are put to rebuke. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the fourth chapter of the book of Job. Then Eliphaz the Temanite answered and said, If one attempts a word with you, will you become weary? But who can withhold himself from speaking? Surely you have instructed many, and you have strengthened weak hands. Your words have upheld him who was stumbling, and you have strengthened the feeble knees. But now it comes upon you, and you are weary. It touches you, and you are troubled. Is not your reverence your confidence, and the integrity of your ways your hope? Remember now, whoever perished being innocent, or where were the upright ever cut off? Even as I have seen, those who plow iniquity and sow trouble reap the same. By the blast of God they perish, and by the breath of his anger they are consumed. The roaring of the lion, the voice of the fierce lion, and the teeth of the young lions are broken. The old lion perishes for lack of prey, and the cubs of the lioness are scattered. Now a word was secretly brought to me, and my ear received a whisper of it. In disquieting thoughts from the visions of the night, when deep sleep falls on men, fear came upon me in trembling, which made all my bones shake. Then a spirit passed before my face. The hair on my body stood up, it stood still, but I could not discern its appearance. A form was before my eyes. There was silence. Then I heard a voice saying, can a mortal be more righteous than God? Can a man be more pure than his maker? If he puts no trust in his servants, if he charges his angels with error, how much more those who dwell in houses of clay, whose foundation is in the dust, who are crushed before a moth? They are broken in pieces from morning till evening. They perish forever with no one regarding. Does not their own excellence go away? They die even without wisdom. Here endeth the first lesson. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath hope in his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers Abraham and his seed forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. 
Here begin at the 14th verse of the 12th chapter of the Gospel according to St. Matthew. Then the Pharisees went out and plotted against him how they might destroy him. But when Jesus knew it, he withdrew from there, and great multitudes followed him, and he healed them all. Yet he warns them not to make him known, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Behold, my servant whom I have chosen, <clears throat> my beloved in whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him, and he will declare justice to the Gentiles. He will not quarrel nor cry out, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and smoking flax he will not quench, till he sends forth justice to victory, and in his name Gentiles will trust. Then one was brought to him who was demon-possessed, blind and mute, and he healed him, so that the blind and mute man both spoke and saw. And all the multitudes were amazed and said, Could this be the son of David? Now when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. But Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself will not stand. If Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore they shall be your judges. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods, unless he first binds the strong man, and then he will plunder his house? He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters abroad. Here endeth the second lesson. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, <coughs> according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the state. And mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. And do thy ministers with righteousness. And make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people. And bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord. For it is thou, Lord, only that makest us dwell in safety. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Lord,
Lord, we pray thee that thy grace may always prevent and follow us and make us continually to be given to all good works through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness through the merits of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Light in our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy, defend us from all perils and dangers of this night, for the love of thy only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. In our first lesson this evening, uh, we read a large part of what is uh, the speech of Eliphaz, one of to as Job's friends, which will go into um, the beginning of chapter 5 as well. And out of all of uh, these friends' speeches, Eliphaz's is probably the most comforting one that's given to Job, but still we sometimes, I think, wince a little bit at his insensitivity at times, let's say. So he at least recognizes that Job is a righteous man, so he encourages him not to despair, uh, because in his mind, in his theology, um, the righteous never ultimately perish under suffering. So Job must be suffering now because he needs some form of correction, some form of discipline, but ultimately then he will see the way out. And then Eliphaz warns Job against complaining against God, because he says that that's something that only the, only the wicked do, not saying that Job is wicked, but he's saying that this is something that the wicked do, and it is, or it could become an occasion for God's wrath. But yeah, in essence, he says, Job, you're a good man. You're just receiving some discipline right now, but be patient and all will be well. I think there's a couple of things here to comment on here briefly. One, with these speeches, we see that the friends have an underlying theology, which says that God always acts according to a um, kind of a strict rule or a strict principle of justice, meaning that if Job is suffering, it must be because he has in some way or another committed injustice. That underlying view or principle is, will be um, challenged throughout this book. And we already know from the outset, from the beginning with this courtroom scene with the accuser with Satan and God, we already know that that's not true. God has already already recognized Job's righteousness. That's not the cause for his suffering. It's not because he has sinned. The second thing to, see, to say briefly here is, um, I think you know this if you know if, if you've experienced periods of suffering yourself. Um, it's an exhortation, just in general, not to be like Job's friends when somebody close to you, one of your friends or one of your family members, someone that you're close with is suffering. Don't be like Job's friends. Um, when people are in the midst of their sufferings, they don't don't need you. They don't need you to kind of um, try to explain and give their theological reflections on why it is that you're suffering. Um, Rather, what you should do is simply enter into the suffering with them and be present with them. And then in our second lesson, uh, so here in Matthew chapter 12, 
a couple, again, a couple things going on here. Uh, first is this quote from Isaiah 42, and Isaiah 42 is also the quote that was evoked at Jesus' baptism back in Matthew chapter 3. This time, though, it's used um, to reference the way in which Jesus would withdraw himself. Primarily, he would withdraw himself from his enemies and not make himself known, but rather than he would go and he would minister in places, uh, minister to the outcast, let's say. Jesus, we see the point here is that Jesus is not at all concerned about his own kind of personal aggrandizement. He's not concerned about his own fame. And then there's this um, accusation of Jesus casting out demons by the power of Beelzebul. And the logic of this is, you know, it, it's quite silly and it's easily refutable um, because that would mean that if that's the case, what they were saying, that would mean that Beelzebul is fighting against himself, which is silly, and then his kingdom would not be able to stand. Rather, and then Jesus uses this kind of interesting um, image of a strong man, which can be a little bit confusing. But the point here is that um, the strong man here is Satan, and Jesus is the stronger one who's launching a full-out attack on the strong one. So he's plundering his goods, meaning that what we see in Jesus and what we see in his life is we see a full-out assault on Satan and his kingdom. And then it's this story then which leads to, uh, we didn't quite get to it, but it, it goes with this section and to be, needs to be understood in light of this um, passage that we read. This is what leads to um, the teaching on the unforgivable sin, which we found in verse 31. And that's where Jesus says that it's blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is the only sin that will not be forgiven. So this the way of conceiving of this unforgivable sin as, you know, blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. It's not something that, you know, you commit in a moment, like in a moment of drunkenness on a Friday night. That's not what the unforgivable sin is. Rather than it's the um, end result of a long process of being malformed. It's this end result of this long process in which then you get to the point then when you attribute um, well, you attribute the work of God to the work of Satan. That is, your your viewpoint, your worldview has become so distorted from your own kind of long journey in your sin and in your malformation that you get to the point wherein you see good as evil and you see evil as good. So we'll continue now with our intercession on page 590 and take a second and call to mind those you're praying for. Accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. Let the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations, and may as many as have received it live as becomes it. Be gracious unto thy church, and grant that every member of the same in his vocation and ministry may serve thee faithfully. Bless all in authority over us, and so rule their hearts and strengthen their hands, that they may punish wickedness and vice, and maintain thy true religion and virtue. Send down thy blessings, temporal and spiritual, upon all our relations, friends, and neighbors. Reward all who have done us good, and pardon all those who have done or wish us evil, and give them repentance and better minds. 
Be merciful to all who are in any trouble, and do thou, the God of pity, administer to them according to their several necessities. For his sake, who went about doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Amen. Thanks, everyone. Have a good night. Thank you. Thank you. Good night, everybody. Good night.